three, two, one. Hello, and as a wise man once said, guess who's back? Back again. The Texas Private School Podcast, back for another season. Season three, if I remember correctly. Yeah, it is. We are, you know, this is the this is the preview episode for week one. You know, we've been waiting for this to come around for, well, I guess since December, since the season <laughs> ended. So I know all three of us are incredibly gassed for this to happen. We've been doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes, but now it is finally time to debut season three of the Texas Private School Podcast. As always, I am one third of your hosting crew, Wes Tolleson, Walker Lott, and Ryan Schroeder join me from College Station and Stillwater, Oklahoma, respectively. Walker, we're both back in College Station. How have things been? How are you? More importantly, how excited are you for the start of private school football? It's week one. I want some hype, bro. It is week one of the Texas high school football season, guys. Week one. It is the best time of year in the fall. It's the best, best best time of year guys i am excited um college station is good we start classes i'm not excited for that but we are and um yeah i mean it's week one and at the end of this season we're gonna find out who is there at the tap state championship also spc but um but yeah that's why i wore the shirt because you know this is uh, this is the starting point to see who ends up at the ending point of this shirt um i'm excited for it a lot of good games. We start out with a great slate in week one. I love the energy, brother. It's fantastic. Ryan Schroeder in Stillwater, Oklahoma. How are you and how excited are you for the start of high school football? Man, high school football is back. Texas high school football is back. Texas, Texas private school football is back. I am ready for it. I'm ready to see guys go after it this year. You know, it's uh, season three for the podcast. We're almost, you know, uh, you know, making our way back to our anniversary again. It just it's very, very exciting to see this year uh, for how, you know, things are going to go. I feel like we've made a ton of upgrades throughout the podcast for these past, you know, two, th- two to three years. Uh, and so this is going to be what I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to football. I'm looking forward to everything. I just started my classes uh, two days or yesterday had a, had a class today. You know, we're back in full swing of stuff. Uh, and let's go, man. Let's, I'm ready for some football. I'm ready for everything. I'm ready for all the football, high school football, you know, college football and all that kind of stuff, private school football. I'm ready for that. <laughs> like yes, that, is, that, that is always. And I don't know what comes after all, but that's always most important is private school football. <laughs> we are incredibly excited for it to start, but for some things on our end, if you've not seen already, we have our website up and running. That is txpsmedia.com. Ryan has done a ridiculous and probably too much work in putting that together, but it is here. Yeah. It is fantastic. We have a basic and a pro subscription. A pro subscription allows you to access exclusive articles as well as our photo gallery. So whenever we are on site taking pictures, you'll be able to access pictures from games there so i highly recommend you go and you just join in some capacity it doesn't have to be the pro subscription but check out the website there we already have several articles written by by all three of us so we're putting a lot of work in there go check it out it's just another branch of what we do also we just recorded um 
what I think is going to be my favorite episode we've ever put out. It's also our most chaotic and just absolutely insane, but I think it's hilarious. You can see in both of their reactions, it's it's the most borderline insane and unhinged thing we've ever put out, but that will be the Texas Private School Market Advisors. I'm not going to say anything more about it. I'll let you watch it when it comes out. Ryan is taking the brunt on editing that, but I think that will come out sometime this weekend or early next week, but please be on the lookout for that. Um, yeah, it's unhinged. I don't know what else to say here. But um, let's just jump right into the some of the main storylines from 2022. Later in the episode, we actually do an interview with Foster Sawyer. You will see that here in probably about 20 minutes. We also pick and preview games there, so make sure you stick around for that. But I think one of the first main storylines from the 2022 season, will anyone touch Parrish or Dallas Christian? I mean, both of those teams have proven that they are far and away the favorites to win their divisions respectively. Um, I know for sure. Um, you know what? I'm not even going to say that Walker. Do you think anyone comes close to the Panthers or the chargers in the 2022 season? Uh, do you want the short answer or the long answer? Um, short first followed by the long, uh, no followed by the long, uh, there is n- no reason that parish Episcopal should be playing the non-district schedule that they are. I think we already talked about this in the, uh, the division one preview, but playing two five, a powerhouses and uh, other schools and like Alito South Oak cliff, Austin LG- LBJ again, Bel Air Episcopal who's going to be good this year. That is a ridiculous non-district schedule. Um, I, I don't think in, with my two eyes, I have seen a team as good as this Parish Episcopal team, top to bottom. It is ridiculous. Um, it's insane. And uh, to, speaking about Dallas Christian, we haven't really, we've never got to do a Division Three preview. So previewing them a little bit, I mean, well, like you you lose Gabriel Grubbs, you lose Max Mikata, you lose a Jaleel Brown, you lose blah, blah, blah. You lose Jackson Nick Barry, Jackson Barry, Nick Dore. Um, it's kind of nuts that you are going to be good enough to be a top 10 program in division three the next year. Um, Zach Hernandez comes over and is, looks like was a big time player in six, a rock wall and transfers over there who will look like, looks like he'll be the Jaleel Brown place replacement and that's just get him dude he was he was projected as the as the top player in that district in 6a it's not fair man it's it's kind of ridiculous philip baysmore looks like a monster too on on the offensive line defensive lines you have cole burke uh as offensive lineman porter nix the 24 guy uh greg salvador uh salvador um high was there last year was a monster um zane tolliver uh, Chris Scott, uh, Damien Christensen, and the two guys that were there last year that are going to be big time players as un- underclassmen. Of course, 2024 DB Will Nettles is going to submit himself as probably one of the best defensive backs in all the state, and especially in private school. And dog, I'm ex- dog. and I like that. <laughs> and I mean, 2025 quarterback Luke Carney, I mean, speaks for himself winning the state championship as a freshman, having a starting gig at Dallas Christian. I mean, that's ridiculous to say it in itself. Um, and he got the offer from Georgia Tech in the offseason, looks poised and ready to go. And I mean, will be a dominant, dominant player there at Dallas Christian um, with weapons all around him. I even saw a video of Luke throwing the William Nettles, Will Nettles on the offensive side. So if they put Will on the offensive side too, I mean, that's just as another 
That's another. It's it's dog three man. Why not? Thank you. Oh, Thank sorry, you. dog. I'm so, I, I dropped the ball. Well, let's re- we're going to do that. That's another dog. dog. God, that was amazing, guys. That was really that was really good. <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. I mean, no, this team should not be in Division three, but it is. And um, let's just say they're also playing a really really good out of district schedule, and they're going to prove to people why they're, in our opinion, a top ten team in taps. Uh, and taps SBC and just in private school. Yeah, I'm looking at this schedule and keep in mind this non-district schedule is stacked and the one game that they have the potential to lose is the Fort Bend Christian. I mean, that's the only thing I see and they're playing Nolan Catholic too and I'm already writing that as an automatic win in my book and that's a division 1 team. But I mean, they're going to they're going to the only the only hinge game is FBCA. I mean, their district schedule is Covenant Christian, Brook Hill, McKinney Christian and Sheldon. They're going to beat all those teams by at least 30. They're by at least 50, probably. Yeah, I think I'm good with 50. But Ryan, you, your thoughts on, on DC's upcoming season. And also, is anyone going to touch Parrish? You can sprinkle that in there. Yeah. So with Parrish and DC, they're very similar teams, in my opinion, a little bit. They kind of just run their own uh division. With Parrish in, in DC too, they both have 20 to 2025 quarterbacks running their offense, right? Last year, we saw Sawyer Anderson running the offense of Parrish. And last year, we saw Luke Carney running the offense of Dallas Christian. I mean, it's kind of crazy to see how the two teams that were running the two main divisions where it was kind of like, like the D1 and D2 last year were done by quarterbacks that were freshmen last year, right? So I think coming into this year, you're going to see these two teams. Parrish hasn't gotten any worse. If only they've got better. And DC moved down. And and honestly, with them moving down, they play a slot where who's going to touch them? I think with Parrish, um, I think they get a loss this year somehow. Not in conference, not in district play or whatever. But I see them losing to at least Alito, LBJ, South Oak Cliff, China Spring. Also, by the way, you know, oh, you know what, the, yep. you know what they are—the four A, uh, what's it called a state champion that went sixteen and zero last year. Literally, Parrish just decided to give me anybody, give me anybody, I'll take anybody. So, I think this is where you'll see a just absolutely, uh, you know hard schedule for parish and then they're just going to have a cakewalk in their own uh district then dc i think it's kind of it's kind of the same thing but you know dc is only really i have them against fort ben nolan catholic might be a kind of a struggle but you know and, and maybe fort Worth christian puts up a fight this year um but after all that though you're going to see both these teams end out probably the season with only one loss and and then and then they're going to win their respective divisions in the playoffs that's how i see it um so the the final answer no one's going to touch them in their own district and i don't think anybody touches them in their own division it ha- would have to be out of division slash out of conference in like the uil setting for parish yeah no i completely agree i think everything we said there is valid moving on to the next point we have what are Midland's chances with the new coaching staff? There's a lot of turnover on Midland. However, there's still a lot of talent. You forget this is still the team that was the state finalist in Division One that now moves down to Division Division Two. However, I mean, we don't even have them ranked in our top 10 overall in private schools as of now, but they're still a talented team. Walker, how do you think Midland Christian is going to fare with Coach Cunningham and a new staff going out there to West Texas? I mean, it's, it's going to be interesting because – um, I mean, point blank period. I mean, you lose a lot of seniors, a lot of them. 
Midland Christian is going to have is going to struggle just because of losing a lot of guys and you lose a lot of talent in that senior class leaving and especially in I mean the guy who did it all on offense for them in River Rodriguez. I mean that's a big big loss for them. He led that team and was that dude there for a couple years there and I mean it's going to be hard to replace him. You also you have transfers and Nathaniel Brito is going to be their starting running back this next year, but he's gone. Jackson Alexander was an all state offensive lineman that transferred out. Um, for the first time in a while, they don't know who their quarterback's going to be. That's the big question, right? Who's going to be that dude? And they have a couple of guys that are, you know, fighting for it. Blake Pruitt is one of them. Colton Newsom is one of it. Uh, I forget the other one. Uh, anyone know it on the top of their head? Um, oh, and other one is Avery Morgan. There's three guys kind of battling for the job, and we're going to see who week one on Thursday it's going to be. Um, they have talent. They're just young, man. They're just really young this year. Elijah Winham, uh, Josh Cobb has been there for four years. It looks like all district every year. Dawson Bullard and also Will Scholemer. I mean, those guys are going to be kind of the head guys to kind of lead this team in the right direction to show the younger guys that this is how you do it. This is the pinnacle, and this is how we do it here at Midland Christian. But um, yeah, I just think they're going to take a step back. But I mean, having Chris Cunningham as a head coach, I mean, I mean, there's no better guy to teach success than Chris Cunningham. Oh, yeah, Ryan. Uh, yeah, perfect points that y'all made so far with Midland this season. I'm kind of just looking over their schedule right now. Um, you know, they they play in what I think we can classify as the hardest district in Taps. Um, and you know, one that's loaded with Fort Worth All Saints, that's loaded with you know, Fort Worth Christian, Southwest Christian. Um, and and then they're out of uh, they're out, they're out of uh, district schedule, it includes Regents, um, and uh, Pleasant Grove. Uh, so you know, they're they're testing themselves a little bit, but what, what I have to say here is just the fact that Midland's gonna, gonna come into D2 this year, moving down. And I think this is the year that you'll see um, overall how they can fight in D2. But, I mean, they really do play in the hardest district. And I have already kind of come out and said that I have Midland finishing in that third spot for playoffs this year. So, uh, and the third spot in district in, uh, for their district. So, it would be uh, fourth All Saints. Then it would be uh, Southwest Christian. Then it would be, um, you know, them. So, Midland's going to have a middle of the road year this year, in my opinion. I, I think Coach Cunningham is going to be a great addition. That is going to be a guy that is going to bring in just a great mind to the team. Uh, but no, I, I think Midland kind of just has a middle of the road kind of year this year. Um, and when I say middle of the road, I'm talking like a you know like a, a six and four, you know like a five and five. Uh, so that's how I see them finishing this year, just because they play a good amount of good teams this year. Um, you know, they could prove me wrong, uh, but I'm excited to see what Coach Cunningham does this year. Huge loss for Prestonwood, to keep that in mind. Huge loss for Prestonwood. So, um, yeah, Coach Cunningham, I wish you all the best in uh, Midland this year. Yeah, we will see. I mean, Midland still has a fantastic culture. It's only getting better with Coach Cunningham going out there. But, you know, there's a lot of turnover. So we will see moving forward how Midland responds to all of that. Last point we're going to make before we get into our interview with Foster Stallier. Fort Worth All Saints. I mean, we haven't been shy about how good we think they're going to be this year. We all three of us think they're going to make a uh, push for the state title in Division Two. Uh, Walker, 
talk to me some about how good we think All Saints is going to be and the players that make them that way. I mean, I I think there is seven, maybe around seven, eight, maybe. I don't remember the exact amount, so don't uh, you know stat me up right there. But I believe there's around that many guys who have Division One offers on one team in private school, and and Taps Division Two. That's very very impressive. Um, you you know you have Texas Tech commit Chris Powell Freeman. You have uh, Princeton commit uh, Robert Sanders. You have also which I think is the most impressive thing is experience and I love experience, man. And I think just having guys that have done it for a while, been there. I mean, Charlie Johnson is a guy I haven't mentioned and he was a four year starter there on the offensive line. And not, he started there for three years cause he was first at SES, but I mean, he's played four years of RGC football, having experience like that and leadership from those guys is going to be so, so key in their progress to the state championship this year. Um, Jalen Spriggs comes in and it looks like he'll be the guy throwing the rock. And I think he's going to be very, very impressive. Um, overall, I mean, you can't not hide the fact that this team is a talented team, an experienced team and under coach Beck, who is a proven winner of state championships. I mean, that's a recipe for success in any single team. Completely agree. Ryan, your outlook on Fort Worth all states moving into the season. Yeah, forward All Saints. I mean, I keep talking highly about them. I think they're so, so, so talented. Old line is absolutely stacked. Um, you know, Chris Paul Freeman is a great, great player. And uh, honestly, this year I, I'm I'm so excited to see how they play. I mean, this is a great, great uh, schedule that they've made here. Um, you know, getting getting to play Nolan Catholic first week, then playing testing yourself against TCA uh, Holland Hall. For anybody that knows Oklahoma high school sports, Holland Hall is not a bad team by any means. Holland Hall is a good Tulsa team, um, so that's going to be a good game. And uh, Prestonwood and uh, is a very great team to challenge yourself against an old uh, D1 uh, battle that you had last year. Yeah, All Saints is doing all the things right this year. Um, I'm, I'm telling you right now, All Saints is just that team in D2. Uh, are they confirmed the D2 winners yet? No, no, by no means no. They're not confirmed the winners. I, we have never said that, but they are one of the top teams out of D2 this year. And uh, yeah, All Saints, they're going to do really, really well, especially with the amount of skill and the amount of just overall great players in the trenches they have this year. Yeah, I completely agree. Oh, and I will give a little a little bonus storyline for just to round us out here. On Friday, October 21st, in the year of our Lord, 2022, Coram Dea will travel to Grapevine Faith. And you might on the surface say this doesn't look like look like an entertaining game on paper. Grapevine Faith is going to wax Coram Deo. And they might. However, Coram Deo recently lost a pretty good running back to a team by the name of Grapevine Faith. You know, I don't I, I'm I'm trying to speak carefully here, but yeah, I was about to say, where are you gonna go with this? <laughs> well, I'm I'm saying that I think that they're gonna come out and and play pretty pretty aggressively that game i really do think quorum deo is going to get very fired up for that grapevine faith game on october 21st you know i i really do think they're going to play with some aggression i don't know if they're going to win obviously i don't necessarily think that we're gonna have to see how the season plays out but quorum deo is a very experienced team that kind of had a gut punch when they lost one of their experienced players to grapevine faith as an inner district transfer we're gonna see i think 
that game might be somewhat interesting. Walker, you have any any comments? Um, yeah, I think for sure. I mean, uh, I mean, if a if a guy, your star guy, transfers to a rival high school, I mean, and in inner district team, I mean, I think anyone would not take that too kindly. But um, it is interesting to see after all these scrimmages, and I I don't take scrimmages whole like as perception of what actually the season will be like. But from how it sounds is Coram Deo is, I mean, looked pretty good in a couple scrimmages they did against Southwest Christian and others. And, um, you know, that doesn't mean everything, but uh, I think they will be headed in the right direction under, under, you know, coach Johnson, I believe over there. And um, Hey, you never know what could happen, but if they have the right mindset, anything can happen. You know, you just have to have that mindset of you can go into any game and win and just give it your all. And I mean, with that, with having that dog, that dog mindset, as we always say, I mean, uh, you you never know, you never know until the fourth quarter hits zero. I agree, Ryan. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, yeah you're talking about a team that overall this year, Coram Dale, you know, you know, probably one of the, you know, not as high on the on the map teams this year in that district, uh, district two, of uh, division two. Um, people are talking, you know, just a lot of trash about, you know, that district in general and stuff like that. And I just wanted to be known that, you know, that district is going to prove so many people wrong this year, and it's going to make a statement and just show that, you know, a team like Coram Dale can come out and they can go up against Great Fine Faith and do it. Now, do I have, you know, uh, the Coram Dale team that's without John Raybook as the as the worst team in that district? Yes, I do. However. What I will say about that is it doesn't mean that they couldn't go against and win a game against Bishop Dunn or get win a game against Lacey, win a game against Grace, or win a game against Great Fine Faith. Things happen every single Friday night where things where people get more fired up about winning that game and the other teams slack off. That happens so often in every single sport of every single thing ever. If you're not going to tell me that that won't happen in taps, then you're lying to me. I, I can see everybody getting fired up at Coram Dale about, you know, one of their main guys just, you know, leaving them in the dust. And I think you can see a lot of guys surround themselves and give themselves a motive to go hard on that Friday night. Yeah, for sure. I think anything, like you said, can happen on a given Friday, and we will be watching that game very closely, I guarantee you. We're, we're all holding our breath a little bit until October. But with that being said, we are actually now going to transition. We got a fantastic interview and guest picker in Foster Sawyer. Please go check him out. We have his link to his Twitter and his show notes in the description, so please go check him out. But now, enjoy the interview. Pardon the interruption, but I would like to give a quick shout out to the John Cooper School and thank them for partially sponsoring this episode, as well as letting y'all know about something they have coming up, which is their athletic preview night. The John Cooper School wants you to come and learn more about playing sports there. You will get to meet their coaches and players, tour their campus, visit John Cooper's fields. It's an opportunity to grow, it's an opportunity to lead, and it's an opportunity to play. So please join John Cooper for the athletic preview night on October the 21st. That is the John Cooper Athletic Preview Night, October the 21st. So thank you to John Cooper for partially sponsoring this episode. Now let's get right back into it. Welcome back to a very special interview. We have Foster Sawyer from Fort Worth All Saints as well as TCU and SFA. Foster, thank you so much for coming on the program and how are you doing today? I appreciate y'all having me uh, on the show, man. Um, doing good. You know, fall's finally here. So, you know, us football players and 
know, formal football players, should I say now, and coaches, <laughs> this is what we train for. And, you know, it's exciting times for all programs around. So, No, without a doubt. You can definitely tell everyone's getting fired up from DFW to Houston to West Texas. Everyone can kind of feel that it's football time in the state. You can feel that palpable energy throughout the state. But like I mentioned previously, you went to Fort Worth All Saints. You graduated in 2014. You said you played the 2013 and 2014 season. And I'd say that you had a pretty successful career for those two years. You're a two-time state champion in 2012 and 2013. You went 11-0 and your senior year. You were a three-star recruit, top 30 quarterback in the country, a lot of offers. So, you know, what was your experience in high school, especially at Fort Worth All Saints? You know, we are the private school podcast. We want to know what your experience was like there and, you know, what did your what did your success teach you while you were there? Man, when I showed up to All Saints in 2012, uh, they already had a squad for me, so it was pretty hard. I think my mom could have won state for that team. <laughs> but uh, no, I was super blessed. Coach Beck does a phenomenal job over there. He's the head coach and AD, um, great head coach and mentor to me. He's like a like a father figure. But uh, my time over there at All Saints was phenomenal. Uh, going from private to public, back to private schools. Um, we competed with the best. We had a good team and uh, just the culture was different. Um, as you know, you all, you all went to private school as well. So it's, it's special and it's, it's, um, it means a lot to me. And I you know, was thrilled to be at All Saints those two years, just years I could never get back. So, Yeah, I mean, I remember just growing up in Fort Worth. I mean, we'd always talk about at SES when we were, we were not doing so good those couple of years, but uh, uh, just talk about the, the success y'all had there. I mean, and y'all had some pretty good, you, like you said, a team was pretty good back in the day. Demetrius Knox. I remember y'all had uh, Kendall Adams on that team too. I mean, those were dogs back in the day. So, I mean, how was it talking to those guys and seeing, I mean, some of those guys, I know them too, especially had a lot of success on the next level for sure. Yeah, no doubt. And Daniel Gresham as well, running back. So, yeah. I mean, we, we had the list goes on, even the, the ages below us, the classifications below us. Uh, you know, I knew when I came into that team, all I had to do was just steer the boat and now don't crash it. <laughs> so, uh, I was very blessed to have a phenomenal line, have a head coach that let me be myself. But yeah, we, we wanted to play the best. We had a good squad. So we try to tell the kids there right now how good we were, but you know, they don't want to listen these days. So and y'all did an SPC too, not even in tabs. I remember those days. I remember when yeah, we switched over. But yeah, uh, they switched they switched over right I think two years, two or three years after we graduated, I think. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Um Talking about, I mean, your college career, I mean, it was, you had a journey and uh, we won't get into the specifics, but like, because, yeah. you know, there's a lot of years in there, but is there something like for guys, you know, looking at the college level, you know, looking to play college ball, what's something that you took from your time playing as a college athlete that, that you could tell those guys looking at, I guess, their future, you know? Well, you know, like I got to tell a lot of the kids that I train and stuff, um, Playing at the next level, which is, you know, obviously high level uh, football. Uh, a lot of these days want the offers and uh, they should want those goals, right? But don't forget the process. I think a lot of, you know, guys that have made it the NFL or made it at the high levels, they say the same thing. Don't forget the process. You know, don't forget being a high school kid. Don't forget being a fantastic high school teammate. You know what I mean? And um, that would be my uh, advice to those guys. Looking back at it is just enjoy those moments because – once you get to point on Saturdays and Sundays, especially, it's 
clearly it's all business, right? I mean, it's it's fun and all, but it's not like Texas high school football, you know what I mean? But, you know, that, that was my biggest take was to tell these kids to work now and let, let all the offers and all that stuff take care of itself because the coaches are always watching, you know what I mean? So. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I really don't think there is a more fun experience that I've had up to this point in my, you know, large 21 years on this planet than playing Texas private or Texas high school football in general. I mean, it's just there's it's just something about having the entire community come out and be together in one place on a Friday night and just being there with what are your brothers by that point? I just think it's, it's an experience that you, you honestly, you never get again, even past that level. So, you know, I'm really glad you brought that up because that's a really, really good point. Something I actually want to ask you about all saints specifically, you know, y'all had a pretty good season last year. Y'all made the playoffs or all saints made the playoffs this year. What do you think about this year's squad? Cause I know you've been watching them. I just want to ask, we have them right now as one of our favorites for the Division II state title. We think they're going to be very, very talented. What do you think the outlook is on this year's All Saints squad? I think they're going to have a great season. You know, obviously, All Saints has had a lot of success in the past, and I think, um, you know, it's been a minute since uh, they've won it all. We've won it all, you know, but I think they've got a great shot. Um, it's not going to be easy. I know they had to go down to the, the lower division just based on enrollment. But teams like Southwest Christian, Midland Christian, um, you know, those those types of schools, they're 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 great programs. But I think, you know, I think All Saints has got a good shot for sure. So you talked about how like moving the division down, moving down to division two. But with moving down to division two, that district, you talked about Southwest Christian and stuff with Southwest Christian, Midland and, and now fourth All Saints. Is that going to be, you know, what you think is one of the hardest districts in TAPS? I think it's definitely a tough division in TAPS, especially for that division, especially. I mean, obviously, one of the tougher divisions is with Parrish and Prestonwood and all that. Um, as far as the highest level goes, yeah. but because um, those those schools are, you know, they and no one Catholics, they got higher enrollment. But I will say those top schools, man, they can go, go compete with anybody. You know, I mean, if you throw the ball out there, I mean, obviously with private schools, sometimes a team might have a bad year, but you know, bounce back. But for the most part, those top schools, Division One and Division Two, in my opinion, yeah, could go compete with anybody. I mean, even you know, even some all Saints teams that maybe not have been as strong as the others could still go out and compete. I mean, the quarters, you know, it, it still goes down to the fourth quarter, some of those games. And that's where teams like Parrish right now, which is a very developed team and those types of schools that are mature, the, they win in the fourth quarters as of right now. You know, and I think all Saints has a mature team this year. And, you know, um, Midland Christian is, will always be Midland Christian. They'll always be consistent. They'll always be the disciplined team and they can go compete with anybody i mean shoot they went to the championship last year right and yep. you know competed real well and but um yeah it's taps taps division because i played grace prep too before i went to all saints and uh, played southwest christian played we played press in the preseason before but um i've always said that the best tap schools they're all they're all in the same boat it's just who's going to come out on top that year. I mean, speaking of uh, Grace Prep for a little bit, I know 
being from the southwest side of Fort Worth, I mean, I've I've we've practiced out at APR for a while now. I mean, I know we practiced there when I was in high school for like a couple of days here and there, but I've always yeah. loved that place. It's a pretty cool place. So I guess talk about that and kind of just the whole, I guess, environment program that that place is pretty much I it's sick, to be honest. So just talk about that. And then speaking of Grace Prep, I know you train a couple of guys like Jalen Houghton from over there at Grace Prep now. Talk about working with some of the private school guys. Yeah, so um, right now I'm overseeing the football side thing at APR, which is Athletic Performance Ranch, the ones I don't know. Um, it's We're a nonprofit over here in Fort Worth, and our job is to give back to kids that, you know, that need help. And, you know, in some senses, football and sports, you know, can save lives. It really does. That's why I played it. That's kind of our vision and goal is to help those kids and then from there, help them get a, you know, a stable career path to maybe they can go to the next level. And, you know, that's pretty cool. Whether that's being a fantastic high school player or, or beyond, going to being a college or pro. But uh, that, that's our goal. Um, it's been mainly track under Greg Schollers. He does a phenomenal job. Greg Schollers, which a lot of people know, we have a track team that's one of the best in the nation right now. And, and um, so that's kind of where now I'm trying to help grow the football side of things and right now I'm just training quarterbacks so uh, training guys like Jalen over there at uh, Grace Prep and uh, Landon over there at uh, Covenant Classical some all Saints quarterbacks so it's it's uh, but yeah we kind of we have basketball too as well we're at APR so uh, just whatever we can to help these kids pretty much. Yeah, no, that's that's such a great mission and aligns so well with what you grew up doing. I can't think of a more of a more fitting job. I don't want to put you on the spot here, but what do you think if you had to choose one has been the most important thing you've learned uh, coaching and teaching at APR? I mean, it's such a noble cause and I'm sure there's a lot of things you've gleaned, but I just want to know what you have taken out of there that's really impacted you. So why APR is so special to me and has hold dear to my heart, obviously people that made it, and people that uh, that worked there. But uh, so when I trained there, it was a place for me to go get away. So when I played at TCU and at All Saints as well, I trained there, worked out there. And it, it was a place for me to get away and be consistent. And what I mean by that, too, is, you know, us as athletes, when you're doing your best, everyone's, you know, wanting to talk to you, reaching out to you. Hey, man, how you doing? What APR is, how are you going to be when you're not doing your best? You know what I mean? Don't put your identify, you know, don't identify with your sport, especially a quarterback, you know, because you'll have some good games and have some bad games. And so that's what I learned was what Greg Schollers really taught me too over there was just kind of how to do life and um, be a life coach. You know what I mean? A lot of kids, these kids come around coaches that just beat them down and they get worn out with the sport real quick rather than what we focus on is enlighten the kids. You know, if you're going to do it, do it. Do it with all your might, but you got to want to do it. And this is what it looks like because everyone that works there and helps out over there has seen what that looks like. Obviously, I didn't play in the league, but I was around guys that do play in the league and how they go about things. So just kind of enlighten them in that way. And, you know, if, if we could be there for them on the graduation day, when they graduate in signing day, that's where we get our purpose. So, 
Man, that's awesome. I really can't think. I mean, it's a former athlete, and as everyone on here is a former athlete, that almost gives me chills. Like, I can't imagine a better, like, ministry, sort of, so to speak, that these kids need and just can benefit them so much. So, again, thank you for what you do. Honestly, that's that's fantastic. Yet again, we will, we will have APR linked in the show notes. We'll have all of Foster's information linked on the show notes. It'll be on Twitter if you want to go see it. I mean, just, just go and check that out. But with that being said, uh, Foster, are you ready to do your best Lee Corso impersonation with some with some game day picks? Oh, yeah. I think <laughs> I got my mascot hats around here somewhere. <laughs> Let's go, dude. So, I mean, just transitioning right into it, we are going to pick, I think we rounded it out to six or seven games. Yeah, I think it's seven. But we're going to start with probably one of the biggest matchups I've seen in a long time. That is Alito at Parish Episcopal. Getting into the projections first, the Massey projections has this as a 40 to 34 win for Alito, who is a six and a half point favorite. They have Alito as a 58% chance to win. A little bit of a synopsis. Parrish returns five on offense and nine on defense and might have one of the greatest defenses we've seen in private school football with Daniel Demery, Williams, and Mitchell Irving. And to count Parrish out of this game immediately, it's not only ignorant, it's asinine. Remember last year, this team lost by two to a 4A state finalist, LBJ, and this year's squad has the potential to be even better. Call me what you want, but I'm taking Parrish in this game. I mean, you're going to call me biased because I'm a host on the Texas Private School Podcast. I genuinely think that Parrish can and will win this game. Walker, your thoughts on Alito Parrish? Okay. It's it's so difficult for me because growing up where I did, you're 30 30- – 25 minutes away from Alito and I, I have friends from Alito and I mean Foster you know from this side of town you know them as title town Texas and yeah. I think I said in the notes I said you know they don't like they don't rebuild they just reload that's just how it is over there and I mean you lose multiple D1 guys especially BJ Allen the Texas commit that's going there now how do you beat it but then you remember you have his younger brother there that's committed to Texas you have Devon Keys, that linebacker running back role. I mean, you have a good quarterback in, I believe it's going to be Haas Haney that's going to be the starter there, probably, I think, who used to be a former former Fort All Saints guy. Mm-hmm. All of this saying, I know I like, I, you know, this this statistician in me, I like just saying all the stats, but I I think I you there's no way I can go against Alito in this one. I think it's just too much in me to just kind of pick those, those guys. So I'm gonna go Alito in this one. But I will agree with you, Wes. I, I mean, counting these guys out, man, yeah, I don't think that's smart to count these guys out. Walker, what's what's the name of the show we're on right now? I mean, you are correct. But you see, last year, I went a little more wild with my picks. So I'm going to be maybe a little bit more logical this time around and not have the l- worst pick record this year. I, I, I forget. Foster, just for some context, we have a pick record every year. So we we tally all of our picks. And at the end of the year, we have somebody who wins the pick record. So we're having uh, to be a little bit more. Cons- yeah, Ryan won it last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah just, just say that real quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay. time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so moving on, I picked Parrish. Walker has... Um, Asininely picked Alito. Ryan, are you gonna side with uh, side with the private schools here? I mean, after just like what we've seen with Parrish, like having guys come in this summer too, on top of the team that they already had last year. I, I obviously, like we said, we're a little biased, you know. I got private school bias here, 
But at this point, I've had the conversation with people if a Paris type of team could could actually compete in 5A, like, you know, majority of the time and stuff like that. Like, there's always been this talk about how Paris could go up. And if they actually did the route of like a, uh, um, of like a, uh, is what? Yeah, like of like a Jesuit. If they did the route of like a Jesuit, like could they compete in that era? And I think like in that area, and I think that's that they can at least compete in five A, if not six A. That's my hot take. So for this reason, if they win this game on Friday night against Alito, you, you really can't tell me at this point that Parrish isn't one of those teams that can compete in five A. You can't tell me that they wouldn't put up numbers on other teams in five A. Parrish has gotten to a point where they're scooping guys out of the area in Dallas, and they're on, and now they're going to be playing for Parrish this year. And all this four and five star and three star talent that all comes through Parrish and stuff like that. Yeah, it's funny that you know all these big college coaches are coming to you know Novikov's office because he's got guys, and I think those guys can outdo Alito this weekend. So we got two for Parrish, one for Alito Foster. Which way are we going to swing? So this is the conversation that we always had. I am super jealous right now of Parrish Episcopal because when I was in high school, we wanted Alito. We wanted to play him. I knew a lot of those guys. Um, I have the utmost respect for Alito and their program. Um, Coach Novacek does a good job over there, too, um, you know, at Parrish. You know, the reason why I do think Parrish could have a chance winning this game is obviously they're super talented. They could score points. Uh, we played them last year when I was helping out over there at All Saints. Um, they don't have a weak spot on offense, and that's why yeah. the Sawyer quarterback, he was so able to walk in there and just – you know, when you're walking as a freshman quarterback at that level, taps, you know, at the highest level, that's tough to do. And that kid wasn't rattled at all. And anytime he did kind of seem somewhat rattled, if at all, you could tell that the head coach does a great job of handing the ball off to their star or throwing it to their big receiver. You know what I mean? To take that pressure off of him. Because Preston Stone before that kid was, a, you know, he very successful yeah. quarterback, but he did it all, right? And yep. the Sawyer kid, he just was a dink and dunk guy. And on the back end of it, their defense is good. I, I know the Lido, I know a lot of those Lido kids too. And they're, you know, if you get them out of the bus, they're they're 11 versus third left. They look, they stack up real well versus them. And I think um Alito needs to find out who their big player time player is on offense. It's gonna be somebody. It's gonna always be that sleeper guy. I don't know who just yet, and I don't even know who the quarterback will be. But um I do know that it's gonna be a fight. Believe it or and then I will say too, last year it gives me hope for Parrish was when Coppell played Prestonwood last year. We all got in the group message and talked about it and we thought they were gonna put up a fight, but you know, they were, there's no way they're gonna come up top just because they're a big six A school. Well, they right. destroyed that Coppell team. And Coppell's a good program. So that's why it is doable. But I do think, sadly, I do think. Alito comes on top on this one. Just based on what I said earlier, fourth quarter, their twos, their guys, they, they don't have they have special teams guys. Their yep. offense is their offense, their defense is their defense. There's no guys going both ways. I think Alito uh, pulls it through in that way. But I do think it's going to be close. My guess is 50 to 24. That is my guess. Ooh, wow. You see, I agree. That's what I was going to like. I didn't. Like the 11 on 11 parish matches with anybody in the state of Texas, like most of the time. I mean, Duncanville, my Duncanville, those guys might be the only exception, but man, 
11 on 11, I think just Alito's depth is just so impressive and it's always been like that. And man, I, 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 you make a good point there. Like who's going to be that star guy for Alito on the offensive side. Cause you know, last year, um, I forgot who it was. It was uh, DeMarco Roberts, right? A couple years ago for a running back position. And then, of course, Jace McClellan for all those years. But, um, yeah, you need to figure it out who's going to be that dude for them. And I think on the Parrish side, they're going to have to replace Georgia commit Andrew Paul somehow. And that helped That helped Sawyer last year tremendously where you could just hand the ball off and still let him dink and dop, like you said. So – Who's going to be that guy? Maddox Reed is one of those dudes. They have a freshman, I think. Who's going to be that guy? But, man, I think it's going to be a very interesting game. And, I mean, the fact is, Alito lost to South Oak Cliff last year, who won it all, right? Three weeks into their season, they play South Oak Cliff again. So, you're playing two powerhouses in 5A this year. I mean, that's unheard of for anyone in TAPS, I think. Yeah, I mean... Foster Walker, I think y'all probably took the safer pick. I just, I think it's a, it's a very low risk, high return situation for me and Ryan picking <laughs> Parrish, but, but we'll see. You got to play to the crowd a little bit, but no, I, I, I do say that because I do think Parrish genuinely has a chance and we will see come Friday. Moving into game number two, we have the Episcopal School of Dallas versus Trinity Christian Addison. The Massey projections has this as a 38 to 28 win for TCA, who is favored by 10 and a half and a 67 percent win win chance for TCA. You know, this is going to be one to watch for sure. The Eagles return their entire offense sans one, including quarterback Patrick Burke and tight end Teddy Sparrow. And after falling short of expectations following the undefeated regular season, you know, ESD is going to come out strong to kick off 2022. TCA, on the other hand, is an emerging force. After a 9-2 independent campaign, the Warriors returned five on both sides of the ball, including Luke Johnston and Chance Snyder. A strong offensive line also hopes to compensate for a new face at the quarterback spot. At this point in the season, I'm going to have to take the more experienced DSD. Returning basically your entire offense is is invaluable, especially in the first week. There's not really any way I can pick against ESD here. Later in the season might be a different story. Week one, I'm taking the Eagles. Walker, your thoughts? You know that that's the probably the smart uh, smart pick there. Um, I think maybe TCA has the better. I think like if you talk about like just like better guys, I think they have them over there. Just their linebacking core is ridiculous. I think Luke Johnson's a D one dude over there. Um, and I think for that reason, I think. Uh, sometimes, you know, I love having guys with experience. I think experience is what makes teams really, really good. But I think I'm going to go roll with a little bit more talent on this side with TCA Addison with this one. I think the, the Dore, Luke Johnson, you know, having those guys are going to be really valuable. And I don't think they ESD has a guy on defense like they did in Chase Kennedy who went to Utah. I mean, that was one man wrecking ball on defense, and I don't have that this year. It's going to be interesting to see who steps up for them. You're basically just gambling on the the good offense versus the good defense. So yes, yes, we're, we're going to see who wins out there. Ryan, 1-1, one, one, your thoughts? 
Yeah, I mean, you just talked about Walker as well as exactly about to say Chase Kennedy. He's gone, gone from that team, gone from that defense, led that defense. Um, and, you know, your defense falls a little flat for ESD. Uh, but what I will say for ESD, like Patrick Burke has just become so experienced now, like that he knows that team like bread and butter. And I just think that with him now with four star Teddy Sparrow, I mean, that's going to be just like a straight connection that like, I don't know how you can cover that sometimes with Teddy Sparrow. Like he's, he's a big target to hit. And I think overall Patrick Burke has become extremely efficient in hitting his targets recently. So for that reason, you know, as much as I don't know about TCA, also the fact I think TCA needs to be a little, a little bit of a reminder about how, you know, how kind of like football kind of works in taps, you know, again, I know this is non-conference, but last year, you know, running that independent schedule and stuff like that, uh, you know, they're going to have to get in the swing of things of actually playing district games and all that kind of stuff and what it means to actually play real games and stuff. Because I feel like last year they weren't really competing for anything. I mean, their season ended short and they won the independent championship. So I'm ready for this year to see how uh, TCA responds to a, a, a kind of like a real season. And then I think ESD comes out on top in this game. They did beat DC last year. Oh, yes, but. Yeah, but they didn't. Well, overall, like, I mean, they oh, could, you're they saying could, they competed. They could, yeah, they didn't play in, in any, like, you know, was there season eight games? Am I not right? Or 11 okay. games, no, or whatever? No, no. Yeah, I get what you're saying. That makes sense. The motive last year wasn't to win the hardest D2 state championship against the DC. The motive was to win this 11 game schedule against like independent schools, which yeah, who, yeah. Who, who knows that a cornerstone or whatever. Like, you know, like yeah. that's what I'm trying to say. I also want it on record that the reigning pick champion is now trailing my picks. So let's just keep that in mind as we move forward. Oops. Foster ESD versus TCA. Your thoughts on the upcoming game. I think I'm all made good, valid points. Um, I haven't seen uh, neither of these teams on film in a while. Uh, Trinity Christian Aston was always really good uh, when I was in high school growing up. And then Dallas, you know, Episcopal Dallas, they were good. But they, uh, I haven't seen them in a while. But based on their players that they have this year, I mean, it's hard to beat that offense. It's hard to, it's hard to, to go against that. But kind of the, I was thinking more opposite on the independent campaign. I think they're coming ready to go based Ooh. on this nine and two, uh, five returners on both sides, and then I'm a quarter, I'm a quarterback, so I love me a good tight end. <laughs> so this, uh, this Luke Johnson kid, I watched a little bit of his film. He's pretty good. So I think he's going to take some, some pressure off from Mills. Um, I think it's going to be close. I think uh, TCA comes out on top, though. Yeah, no, I think it's a smart pick. That Luke Johnson kid is nasty. I watched his film over the summer. I think he's he's got a ton of talent. But that game will be interesting come Friday. Moving into a Southern matchup, we have Austin Regents versus San Antonio Central Catholic. As for the Massey ratings, they project this as a 34 to 27 win for Central Catholic, who is favored by six and a half, a 62% win chance for Central. As for the synopsis, Regents returns six on both sides after an 11 and one campaign, whereas Central returns four on both sides after going nine and three in a final four and, and taps D1. Both are tremendous teams that are experiencing a lot of turnover. However, familiar faces are still present on both sides. Regents returns All-State Jacob Wilburn at DB and Colorado State commit Whitfield Powell at the defensive end spot, whereas Central returns SMU commit Braden Flowers and Caleb Harrison. I think this game will be pretty evenly matched, but for the time being, I have to take Central. 
I don't really like how Regents matches up with flowers. So I, I like I like the buttons, which we just learned was a rattlesnake, I think. Well, in no, a, in a close one. Oh, it's, it's the, the rattles. It's the, it's the rattles on a rattlesnake. OK, well, I like the rattles on a rattlesnake in a close one here. Give me Central Catholic Walker. Uh, you know what, Wes, for the first time this episode, I'm actually going to agree with you. I'm going to go Central Catholic in this one. I think it's going to be hard, like losing four D1 guys on any team anywhere is hard. And but I still think they're going to be edge in this one. Ryan Perez looks the part. He looks like he'll take place. And I'm I'm guess over the past couple of years, you learn over under a Sam Houston State quarterback. I mean, you have to learn a thing or two for sure. Um, so in that, he'll have a great tight end and Braden Flowers, who probably will go to college for defensive end, but I'm guessing they'll play on both sides. Um, Caleb Harrison, Mr. Do-It-All, like I always say. I mean, he's he can – What's good about him is he's always in the right place at the right time, and you love those guys on defense. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how do, how good can Quinn Murphy be as a freshman, offered by Louisville without playing a varsity snap already. That means high hopes for him. And as we know at Austin Regents, we, they always have a good quarterback, so maybe he can take the next step and be that dude. We will see. That will be interesting. Ryan, are you going to keep uh, keep trailing my picks here? Yeah, don't get too high on yourself, though. But, like, I'm just – I'll tell you right now, it's like I think Central wins this as well. Um, I, I, I want to see how region play, Regents plays. I mean, I I think with the loss of, you know, Drew Dickey, uh, which is a player that I, I thought was elite last year. I'm pretty sure a lot of people thought was elite. Um, you know – you know, you're a quarterback guy, Foster. I wonder if you'll agree with me here. Losing a guy like a Drew Dickey to, you know, to Vandy and stuff like that. I mean, you're losing a valuable asset of your team. Uh, not that an entire team, you know, is run by just Drew. But in all reality, I I really, really like uh, what's called. I really, really like Flowers as well. Like a uh, Braden Flowers. I really like him as well. And I think I agree with you, Wes. And you're you're gonna think you're so cool for me just tailing all your picks, but that's not how it is. I I genuinely think that Flowers is is the key, you know, the game changer or key player that you know kind of sets them over the top. I think Regents uh, needs a little time to recoup and kind of re- reload and kind of just uh, take the take what this team was last year and figure out what it is going to be this year. Yeah, no, all solid points. Foster, I'm going to implore that you please take Regents in this game because anytime that we have a unanimous pick for one team, that team ends up losing and we get destroyed on Twitter. So just keep that in that's mind not, as you make the pick. That's not always true. That's not always true. A, a lot of the times it is. Let people say what they want, whatever. <laughs> I'm going to go Regents. Ooh. For sure. Yeah, I'm going to go against the Grains, man. I'm, I think uh, I think Central Catholic does a good job uh, with Remember seeing them play last year. They're big. They're physical. They're well coached. Um, something about this this freshman man that's uh, Quinn Murphy is that his name. He's yep. pretty. He's, he's he's pretty talented kid. Um, I watched this film a little bit. We've heard about him. Um, again, it's hard to beat the six six return guys on both sides with eleven and one campaign. I mean, I think Regents does a good job of reloading. I kind of like we talked about Alito earlier, kind of a parish as well. I mean, those types of teams, those programs are successful. Um, I think Central Catholic doesn't have as good of years last year, but I think they'll still do well in playoffs. Um, but I think Austin Regents goes the distance, and um, you know, they'll. 
I'm I'm just gonna go against what y'all said, just to be honest. Hey, hey, <laughs> I appreciate it. It's uh, we're hedging our bets a little bit, and trust me, <laughs> we'll get a lot less flack on Twitter whenever whenever this goes wrong. I will say, Regis is out for blood. I'm not trying to hedge my bet here, but Regis is out for blood. After the way they finished last year, I know they want to get after it. Uh, I was the one that was the key guy last year saying if Regis went all the way, I felt like they would have, you know, put up the better fight against DC. And I'm I'm holding them to that. Like, I think Regis would have been a great team. So I know Regis is ready to get after it. Sorry I picked against y'all, but I still have faith in y'all last year. So let me say that. Yeah, no, they have such a good culture and an established culture as well down there that I, I think that'll also factor into a week one game. But I'm still holding true to my pick. I don't I don't go back on things. However, we will now move into I think this is, yes, game number four, Houston Second Baptist versus Houston St. Pius. This is for the Massey ratings. It has this as a 28 to 21 victory for Second Baptist, who is a six and a half point favorite and a 64 percent win chance for the Eagles. You know, I'm looking forward to this matchup. St. Pius returned six on both sides of the ball coming off of a five and six campaign where Second Baptist returned six and five following a D2 state title berth. I am interested, actually really interested in the quarterback battle here between Bryce McKeon and Turner Murdoch. I think both are good athletes and they have good athletes around them. And I think both coaches are going to let the rock fly this game. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. And I'm going to say Second Baptist can get this one done. A shift from run heavy to pass heavy is really going to test Murdoch, but I think he has the pieces around him to make it happen. You know, like we said, he had he had Eli Smith and Everett Skiller to take the load off and take the majority of that offense last year. But I think he is talented enough to to handle throwing the ball on his own. So I like the Second Baptist Eagles in this one, Walker. I'm going to go against you. I like I like I said in our episode, our stock, uh, our market advisors have the, the episode that should come out soon. I have faith in St. Pius Panthers. And uh, I mean, I just I like Bryce McKeon. I think he's a pretty good quarterback. Um, and I think on the line, the defensive side, Aiden Allen, a D1 recruit. I really like him and I really like Jonah Arazo and uh, Ethan McMahon. I think those guys on the defensive backside are going to be really good players for them. Um, I just think, you know, I think if any year they can maybe, uh, hang with like the essential uh, Catholics of the world, they might be this year. So I, I'm going to go St. Pius in this one. It's a good, there's a lot of, there's a lot of, of going back and forth in this episode. And I really like it. Ryan, your, your thoughts on the game, man, you think so highly of yourself, what, oh, what I'm about go. to say, but I got, yeah, I, I, I have Houston second Baptist and I, it's because I like the connection that Murdoch can make with players it is such a huge loss with Everett Skiller. Uh, like I, I cannot talk about how much of a loss they're going to have on both sides of the ball, with Skiller being gone this year. But what I do have to say is I think, you know, Turner Murdoch is going to do really well this year. A guy that I've been looking at is his basically, I think, wide receiver one, J.D. Crisp. I think he is a, a pretty decent player, in my opinion. I think he's one of those guys that's going to make Murdoch have a, a good season this season. Um, but I want to see how they how they play together. If You know, if this this is a really good test to see what is the connection between J.D. Crisp and, uh, you know, Turner Murdoch. Um, and then, you know, I, Bryce McKeon, you know, that is something I want to figure out about St. Pius. I don't know enough about him in my personal, uh, for, you know, my personal, I haven't watched enough St. Pius to know that. So 
with Turner Murdoch here, I think this is just the, the game for him. And I have Turner Murdoch and this uh, runner-up team from last year, you know, winning the first game against St. Pius. McKeon's good. I watched him play. He split snaps with um, with uh, Kale Skinner last year. I think he was hurt a lot of last year, but he he's solid. He'll be he'll be good in his return. But Foster, Second Baptist versus Houston St. Pius. Who you got? I got Houston Second Baptist. Um, I think St. Pius is a good program. Uh, they've always put up a good fight. Uh, I know Coach Cranfield will do a good job over there, but. You know, I think going back to six on the offensive side and five on the defensive side, following the state title berth, uh, I think this is a team that um, that knows how to win. That's a team that knows comes out ready to go. Not to say that a St. Pius team can't learn from this. This is what's so interesting about week one, week two, week three. It's um, That's why I like teams that schedule hard teams from the first couple of weeks, you know, to figure out what kind of team you have. Uh, but I think Houston second bat just comes up top for sure. I like how he just kind of set Walker out on an island here. He and did. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> Goodbye, Walker. Okay, so next game, fourth All Saints versus Nolan Catholic. The Massey ratings has Nolan Catholic as a seven and a half point favorite. They say it's going to be a 36 to 28 victory for the Vikings. They say Nolan Catholic has a 65% win chance. So, all Saints returns eight on both sides, whereas Nolan returns five and six. I think both squads are talented and have high ceilings. For All Saints, Fort Worth Brewer transfer Jalen Spriggs will be slinging the ball to blazing fast Texas Tech commit Chris Powell Freeman. They have a fantastic O-line to block for him, as well as dogs such as Robert Sanders and Keller Patterson on the defensive line. Add in uh, Kevin Chumley at the linebacker spot and Javon Williams at DB, and the Saints look poised to make a title run in Division Two. On the other side, looking at the Vikings, there is a lot of change. After the tumultuous exit of Coach Bowden, Coach K.J. Williams takes hold of the ship and will try to guide Nolan out of the storm. However, with guys like Cole Matsuda and Antonio Hall, the Vikings certainly still have the talent to compete in Division I. However, in this matchup, I think Fort Worth All Saints holds the advantage. You know, I like them a lot. We've been raving about them for the last three months saying how we think they're going to be real players in division two it'd be a little hypocritical of me to to switch stance now and say oh no i don't think they can win this game so i like fort worth all saints in this matchup give me the saints walker well uh the battle of fort worth as it is i believe it's called right foster is that what it's called or yeah. is there yeah the battle the battle of fort worth yeah that's it and i've always said for the past couple of years i mean it's not only the battle of just the Fort Worth private school. It's probably the best two teams always in Fort Worth, in my opinion. And it's always a good one. Uh, you know, I'm bringing it back, Wes. My uh, mortal lock. Let me see if I can get that. My mortal lock with the lights and everything. My mortal oh, lock is Fort Worth All Saints my. today. I have all the faith in Fort Worth All Saints this game. I think the quarterback offensive line. Shout out my guy. Uh uh, Charlie Johnson, that's my guy. And, you know, that offense line with him, Bennett Nanali, and uh, uh, Cole Eldridge is a very good offensive line to let Spriggs throw the ball wherever he wants to. Um, I, I just really like this team, man. You can't tell me with all this talent, it's not going to be good, man. So that's, give, give me four with all Saints. It's a good pick, Ryan. Or what are we, what are we thinking? 
Yeah, I got four with All Saints, but it's also because I had four with All Saints as one of my favorites to win D2 as well. Um, that's just what I said. I, I had them winning the district before any of that. I compared them to the rest of D2. I really just have really high on All Saints this year. Um, I'm a lot higher on them than basically any other team. I love the O-line. I think that's going to be such a key part of this team. Uh, defensively, they have, you know, Robert Sanders and Kel- Keller Patterson, like you said. Like, everything is aligning for them. Also, I, I would like to say, like, I just overall with Nolan, like, you know, I want to see how they play this year. Um, you know, Cole Masuda last year, uh, there's so many guys on that defensive line as well for Nolan. I just, there's a lot of turnover for Nolan this year. There's a lot of like new positions that they're filling. Uh, I think mm-hmm. uh, overall that you just have a more, uh, you know, continuous what you had last year. Like you said, you're returning eight on both sides of the ball for for fourth All Saints. You can't tell me that with returning eight on both uh, both sides, you know, All Saints isn't basically going to be the same team. All Saints played great last year, um, and I think this year they could play even better. I have them going so far this year, and I'm not going to be hypocritical with my pick. So I'm going All Saints this, for this game. And, you know, call me crazy, but... I love this game. This might be one of the best D1, D2 games, if not the best D1, D2 game um, probably all year long. So this is a game that everyone needs to know about. Foster, I think I've got a pretty idea of where this one's going to go, but what are your <laughs> what are your thoughts here on this game? Yeah, you already know I'm going to ride with the Saints on this one. Um, if, you, if you went against the Saints, you're wrong, but it sounds like we all agree on this. But like, like y'all said, I mean, touching on points of, Kind of a rebuilding year for Nolan Catholic in some senses, filling filling some holes and you know missing spots. I think they'll still do great this year, uh, but I, I gotta go with my Saints. I gotta go with Coach Beck getting the troops ready. Um, I think uh, O line's the biggest biggest uh, position, I guess, multiple positions on the offense. You know, and if you have a good O line, you can do a lot of things. You can throw, you can run. Right. Uh, All Saints has that, and you know. I uh, think look at, looking to see how Spriggs comes in. You know, I think he'll do great. You know, and there's just a lot of a lot of good leaders on that team. Um, so got to go with the Saints. Um, but I think it'll be a little close. But I think Saints come out on top and you know take care of business. Also, too, just because I know how how much this game means to those guys. And coming up short the past two years, I think it's uh, that they have a, a message that they want to get across to um, to not only to the the division that they're in now, but the division that they just left, right? That the old Catholic's still in, that they can compete with anybody. So I've got the Saints on top. I th- I think we can all agree here uh, that, uh, that what's called, I think we can all agree here that an O-line is going to be successful for a passing and running offense, like you said, Foster. Like everyone can be successful on an offense with a good O-line. Something that, you know, my high school struggle with, and I feel like there are other high schools, you know, you just, you run into a bunch of guys that are just like not big enough that, you know, when you compete against other schools, I'm not going to rag on, you know, taps and stuff like that, but we don't have, you know, you know, 6A Duncanville type of guys coming to block for us. But what I see at All Saints is something bigger than anybody else. I see elite, you know, blockers on the offensive line for All Saints. They're going to make that team successful. And if you don't believe that, then you're wrong. Yeah, no, I think All Saints are going to come out and just play tenacious football. We will see that come Friday. However, two more games and we'll get out of here. The first one is St. Thomas versus St. John's.
both out of Houston. I will actually be attending this game on Friday. As for the Massey ratings, they have St. Thomas as a seven and a half point favorite and a 35 to 28 victory for them. They also have St. Thomas as a 63% win chance. So St. Thomas returns five and seven. St. John's returns six and seven. And I instantly know we're going to get chirped by St. John's regardless of what I say in the next 45 seconds. So I'll just get straight to the point. I think St. Thomas is special this year. With the addition of former Shadow Creek quarterback Dante Lewis, and the rising star, Johan Cardenas, to round out the backfield, I think the Eagles have a shot to go very far if the defense is up to par with the offense. However, again, St. John's, I'm giving you flowers. St. John's is nothing to scoff at at all. They return studs such as Cole Allen and Dax Garza, and they're looking to take another step forward in a loaded SBC foray. I just think St. Thomas is going to have too much firepower for the Mavs to handle week one. But our early season picks against St. John's are notoriously inaccurate. So take that as y'all will. Y'all will have a fantastic opportunity to prove me wrong Friday. And I fully expect everyone to be chirping me on the sidelines. So I'm going to take St. Thomas in this game. Walker, your thoughts on the Battle of Houston? I mean, after watching them in seven on seven, man, I mean, how can you not pick against us? How can you not pick St. Thomas in this one? That's what I'm going to do. I mean, like you said, Dante Lewis is a special, special guy, and I think he's going to fit right in, and I think he's going to be the guy for their team. Johan Cardenas, seeing him in person, I mean, squatting 500 as a sophomore in high school is very impressive, and the D1 offers as at a six-foot running back, is going. they're going to pile in. I just see it coming. One guy I think we talked about it in the 7-on-7 seven seven episode, Larry Benton is going to be a very, very good Dog. athlete for them on the outside, and – I mean, we talk about a linebacking core a lot of places. There might not be a better one in Jack Ward, Zach Rocha, and Tyler Day. That linebacking core is is very, very good. With some experience on there, a lot of seniors. I mean, St. Thomas probably is my pick to run the South, and I, I think they'll start it with the week one win over Houston St. John's. We will see. Ryan, your thoughts? Yeah, I think for what I saw last year from uh, St. John's, it's just overall that they just won every game until they had to play the, you know, the ESDs and Kincaids uh, of the world. So this year, I, I just, I honestly think that I don't want to go wrong in this scenario against St. John's. I know they come out strong. They have always come out strong. Um, so with this specific one, I, I know y'all saw St. Thomas at seven on seven, and maybe that's where I fall flat. And maybe that's where I didn't get to see enough out of them that I needed to see. But in all reality, I think I have seen John's here. I'm going against us. Be happy. Uh, I'm, I pick, pick St. John's. And I think overall that, you know, they're going to be one of those teams that's going to compete in four a this year with Kincaid uh, with ESD um, it's going to be a lot closer this year than, you know, most people thought it was last year with our, most people kind of just had Kincaid running the entire way. Those three teams are going to battle down the SPC. And I think St. John starts off hot here with the win over St. Thomas. Yeah. The way you started off that, I really thought you were going to go with St. Thomas, but trust me, I'm very, very happy you picked St. John's. Now I don't have to beg Foster to pick St. John's. So Foster, now that you can pick whichever team you feel like picking, who are we going with in this game in Houston? Yeah, I'm going to go with the St. Thomas on this one. Uh, I think seven on defense is the most important thing that sticks out to me. Um, I think St. John's is a good job, too. They talk about a team that if you mess up, if you uh, – on offensively, if you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. I know remember that when we played St. John's. 
because um, they'll just run the clock out. <laughs> but if, if St. Thomas does a good job and score and get up early, I think they run away with it. And um, the fact that they have seven on defense coming back too just knows that they that they can stop that beer option. They'll they'll do real well. So so mark it down three for St. Thomas, one for St. John's. I will be on site at St. John's on Friday, so I'm very excited to witness that game. However, moving into the last game, we're going to preview Dallas Christian versus Dallas Bishop Dunn. As for the Massey ratings, they have Dallas Christian is a 26 and a half point favorite and a 41 to 14 victory for the Chargers with a 91% win chance. I've seen spreads much crazier with Dallas Christian, so it's 26 and a half doesn't phase me at all. So as for the synopsis, Dunn does appear to be improved this season. Jeremiah Horn, Juan Million Aguilar, and Jesse Lara will set out on a mission to prove that statement. I think this team can get back on track and make the playoffs in a very, very tough Taps Division Two. However, Dallas Christian's a different breed. You know, one of the first things I ever said on this podcast that they were a rolling ball of chainsaws, that statement has not changed at all. And now they've just dropped down a division. So they're just an elite, elite squad that lacks any sort of weakness, whether you're looking at on-field performance or coaching. 25 quarterback Luke Carney looks to take a step forward this season, and time will tell if Dallas Christian allows him to spin the ball a little bit more or if Zach Hernandez will carry the majority of the offense, as D.C. has traditionally been a power run team. It's a good problem to have. So if Carney does spin it, I'm curious to watch the matchup between two of the top um, sophomore quarterbacks and safeties showcasing Carney and Aguilar on the other side. Junior quarter or junior um, DB Will Nettles will also make life hard for the Falcons through the air after a very successful combine season. At the end of the day, Dunn is improved, but in no way, shape, or form will they hang with Dallas Christian. Give me the Chargers to cover the 26 and a half point spread here. Walker. Uh, like you said, I think they're getting towards the Dunn of old. I mean, Foster, back in your day, I mean, Bishop Dunn was up there with one of the best teams in private school, right? I mean, they've yeah. always been like that. And, you know, they took some regression the past couple of seasons, but like you said, I think they're on the right trajectory, but I don't think they get it done in this game. I think Dallas Christian, like we said in our rankings, is one of the top 10 teams in private school as a D3 team, which is unheard of. And I think how good they are will be showed. And even though with their small of class size, I mean, like, I, like I've said it before, they don't uh, rebuild. They somehow every year just reload at D.C. And they do it again this year. And I think Dallas Christian will have a really good starting point to the season with this one. Yeah, I completely agree. Ryan, I mean, I think the better question is, does D.C. cover here? Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to ask. Are we betting on the cover? Are we betting on the actual game? Because So for the pick record, we're betting on the game, but I think it's more appropriate to ask if D.C. covers. Yeah, that might be a little bit nicer. Um, I, in my opinion, I, I think this is this is just kind of like a story in itself. It's just like D Dallas Christian is one of the only teams I think of to ever have won a state championship outright. And then just to be sent down a division. Like I don't, I, don't, I haven't heard of that ever happening before. It's like, that's crazy to, to win a state championship. And then they go, Oh, by the way, you're going down a division and you have to play teams with even smaller class sizes. So I, I think for Dallas Christian, although this is a D two matchup, 
I think Dallas Christian is just going to prove so well in district this year. They're going to prove so well in their schedule. I'm excited to see how they play against a Fort Bend and a Nolan Catholic this year. But for now, uh, we're talking about Bishop Dunn. Bishop Dunn, how I have them phasing out this year, you know, depending on how the legacy and grace games go against Bishop Dunn, um, you know, shout out Wes and I for our legacy and grace games. But I think this is the year where you could see whether Bishop Dunn makes the playoffs or if they let legacy and grace, you know, take those uh, other two spots besides great fine faith in that, you know, district in division two, give me Dallas Christian, give me the cover as well in this game. I will say though, Bishop Dunn, please prove me wrong. I want to see this team come back to life and I want to see this team make some major noise in, in uh, that second district of division two with our, with our schools in it and stuff like that. I want to see how they play. And I want that district to be competitive because everybody keeps talking trash on it. And I want people to know that legacy, great fine faith uh, and, you know, Bishop Dunn are going to make that, you know, district still a prominent district in taps. All right, just shade grace. That's okay with me. I we'll, wait, did, we'll see. I, did I not say grace? No, you said legacy, grapevine, faith, and and done. Oh, and grace. I, and then okay, I, thank you. I, thank I you. left I just, the fifth team out, but I don't remember the fifth team in that district. Coram so. Deo. Coram De- yeah, Coram Deo. Uh, I I think that district adds a lot more than people are talking about it. A lot of people are saying mess about that. So I just wanted to be known that district's going to do a lot more than people think. Yeah, no, I think it has a chance to for sure. Foster, as a reminder, the spread is Dallas Christian minus 26 and a half. So, I mean, I'll let you say who you think is going to win first, but a follow-up question. Do you think DC covers a 26 and a half point spread against uh, Bishop Dunn? And I also want to say before you do it, we're I not. Think they do. We, yeah. <laughs> we, 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 we don't. <laughs> Walker was trying to make sure everyone knows that we don't promote gambling. Yeah, so we, yeah, just, no. it's, it's an HR announcement. Go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, Foster. Yeah, go, go, go. <laughs> no, I, I think Dallas Christian comes up top, like you said earlier. I mean, I've never heard of a, a team that just outright wins the whole wins the whole thing and then drops down a division. Um. Uh, I know Dallas Christian, they uh, seem to have a good team this year. Uh, like like all the notes here, I mean, they don't have any weaknesses. Uh, Dallas Christian is also a very pl- hard place to play at for the road, uh, but they are playing at Bishop Dunn, I see. But, you know, I, Bishop Dunn was one of the top dogs when I was in high school, so I agree that it, it needs – I would love to see um, – I think it's Coach yeah, Slaughter, he, him to get those guys, that team over there in that program back to what it was. And they always have had the athletes, you know. So it sounds like uh, Coach Slaughter trained a couple of their younger quarterbacks. And, you know, they, they have heard nothing but great great things over there, what they're building over there. So um, Dallas Christian, though, similar, like I said earlier, they're type like an Alito type, you know, dogfight team to where they'll always just reload. They'll always give you a fight. And I, I had them going through this one super easy. <laughs> yeah, no, the only – talking about playing at Dallas Christian I still don't know why they won't they won't make the sidelines a little wider like if if you get hit out of bounds at Wheeler Field you're going immediately flying into the stands because there's like two feet in between the sideline and the stands but I, I've made that rant probably four different times on the show so oh my gosh so so but yeah that actually rounds out all seven games we're going to preview so before we get out of here Foster is there anything else you want to plug whether that's for you personally or if it's for APR Ranch no, I just want to say thank you guys for having me on here. I appreciate it. I love what y'all are doing. I think this is awesome. I think it's awesome for the kids. I think it's awesome for just people getting to know these 
these athletes that are at these Texas private schools. Because um, I've always said being a private school guy, I think private schools, such as the top ones, go go compete with dang near anyone in Texas. So I uh, love what you are doing. Uh, anybody that's listening to this, man, just keep grinding, keep having goals, make good decisions, and know that, you know, there's always something in store for you down the road, whatever that looks like, sports, not sports. So, but um, no, I appreciate y'all having me on here. And uh, Anybody needs some quarterback lessons, just hit me up. <laughs> no, that's awesome, man. Thank you so much for coming on. As I said previously, uh, Foster Socials will be linked in the show notes. APR Ranch's website will also be linked in the show notes. Make sure you check both of those out. But barring any further comments from Walker or Ryan, this has been the Texas Private School Podcast. I have been one-third of your hosting crew. Walker Lott and Ryan Schroeder have excellently been themselves. We thank Foster Sawyer yet again for coming on and gracing us with his knowledge. We will see you in the next episode. See you later. Three, two, one. Here we go.